1: So it's on really yeah. the podcast. Back out to Smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's Williams straight. Bobs it up to Robert Williams. Shouldn't he go? Taylor Brown. What a go Tatum. Durant the long reach. Tatum crossover. Pull up jumper.
0: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Predator Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We've got another great guest joining us tonight. This time, it's Jake Eisenberg of the Backdoor Cut Podcast. Jake, how are you doing, mate? Thanks for coming on.
2: Fellas, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, we're here. Celtics, is another big win. We're back on track. Feeling good.
0: Absolutely. We're going to talk some yeah. <laughs> yeah, great time to have you on. And look, we've, of course, got our longtime co-host, Jackson, back on tonight. Jackson, uh, welcome back. So, how are you doing? Thank you so much, man. It's great to be back under uh, under such um, you know uh, luxurious circumstances. Put it that way.
1: So yeah, things are good. Things yeah. are good, man. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Here the Celtics are fifty wins with two games left in the season. There's a Reddit comment from a user for Allgeb who said uh, the Celtics have reached fifty wins after being twenty three and twenty four, which is I think just a nice sort of observation to to mm. pause and have. We're on the cusp of the playoffs and off the back of the win against the Bulls today. We're going to focus on how the Celtics are looking now that the playoffs have essentially arrived. Jake, are the Celtics primed for a deep playoff run? Like, what are they doing well and what could they be doing better heading into this first round?
2: They're definitely primed for a deep playoff run. Today is definitely the first day I'm feeling a lot better since the Rob injury. Like... They're back to just destroying teams that are that are good. Like the Wizards game, you know, it's the Wizards, but but the Bulls but could easily be our first round opponent. And we wiped the floor with them. And so good to see the defense get back to that elite level, moving the ball. I think the biggest thing that I saw from today and last game is that Tice now feels like they've kind of figured out how to use him as Tice as opposed to using him as Rob. And so that's been the thing that I was a little concerned about um after the heat game and a little bit in the Pacers game. Like when Rob first went down, I was like, I will be fine, all good, but then that heat game got me a little worried. But now, Tice is back, it's fifteen points today. Looking good.
0: Tice is nice, baby. Yes, Absolutely. Is nice. <laughs> what do you think, Jackson? Yeah, um, Getting
1: back to like dominant wins is, is a big thing for sure, again, particularly against teams that you expect to do it against. Um, but for me, it's like we were so used to you know, March being like the Jason Tatum show and obviously Rob Williams and everyone contributing. But you know, you understand what I mean? It was Tatum, you know, who was getting the accolades. I feel like the last few wins we've had, though, it's been more about the supporting cast. You know, that includes Tice, definitely includes Peyton Pritchard, um, Jalen Brown, obviously, in there as well, too. Al Hawford today. Um I'm starting to see like a real like cohesive togetherness of the team that has been there for a while, but like Jake was saying, when you take like a piece as important as Rob Williams out, you know who knows what's going to happen to that that chemistry so i'm I'm now no longer worried about anything standing in front of us in the playoffs, and I know we're going to get into the specifics of that a bit later, but um you know to, to to circle back to your question like I'm absolutely you know I absolutely think they are primed for a, for a deep playoff run yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jake, you touched on it a second ago, but today was sort of like the first time where we felt like ourselves again, where it was like, okay, okay that's still good. Tice can hold it down. Uh, we started to blow out a couple of teams and the Bulls who are, you know, obviously not to the early season standard, but like they're a pretty decent team. And to blow them out on their own home court without Rob Williams um, is pretty special. Got some some stats here for you guys so it's a bit of a delineation point where like the last five games are the first five games we played without rob in that time we're first in defensive rating at 106.0 second in net rating 7.3 eighth best offense so it's taken a bit of a hit at 113.3 we're three (sighs) and two in that stretch and we've we dropped down to 14th in opponent field goal percentage within six feet of the basket which i you know you consider what rob williams strong points are um uh it's, it's pretty obvious. But the current Tice, Horford, Jays, and Marcus starting lineup, according to Cleaning the Glass, in 62 possessions so far this season, a plus 27-point differential, and a 133.9 offensive rating, which is insane. That's uh, both in the <laughs> Yeah. Both in the top 100th percentile league-wide. Uh, effective field goal percentage, also in the top 100th percentile at 65.2%. They're also in the top 99th percentile in offensive rebound percentage. <laughs> They do struggle a bit with turnover percentage and uh, free throw percentage on either way. So they allow too many opponent free throws and they don't get enough free throws offensively. Um, But generally, I mean, if you were going to say, okay, let's look, let's let's wait and see and make an assessment in five games time and see how we're doing without Rob. Like this is kind of best case scenario. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on that? And how how, um, confident are you, I guess, in the the Tice-led lineup?
2: I love it. The only, the only stat there that wasn't encouraging is the opponent free throw, rate, right? And that's, you know, you could assign that purely to the war on Tice, and that's yeah. nothing to oh, do yeah. with, yeah. with, with Tice. Here. Yeah, this is it's just the powers above. Adam Silver has it out for our guy, Tice. He's he's back to committing fouls by getting smacked in the face um, by elbows and shoulders. So that's the only stat that I'm not pointing in that. The, the fact that we're like, oh, the eighth best offense is like, a dip relative to what the last two months have been. It's still hard for me to kind of wrap my head around how good all of the stats are. Like I always kind of knew the defense could get to this level, but the offense being elite and just having 25 plus assists every single night Mm. is, is ridiculous, especially for a team that was, that really struggled with ball movement and people said were too ISO heavy for like a lot of the early season. And so, to see those stats completely turn around and refine themselves in, in honestly a really short amount of time, like Rob was so important to what they were doing and to refine that so quickly, um, I think is really encouraging.
0: What are you seeing differently in terms of like how, the especially the defense, but I guess the offense as well, how it's being run by Yudoka and the team sans Rob, like I mean, they're obviously switching less. Like, what what else are you seeing from from the team in general with that rob?
2: Um, we had that that one game with the Raptors where everybody sat and and Marcus kind of got to be Jalen and Jason for a night, which honestly was my fun, one of the funnest games of the season. I thought, totally. hmm. yeah, it's too bad we didn't actually get that win because it would have anyway. Well, I'm sure we'll get to the seating stuff later, but yeah. um, I felt like that kind of bled into the um to the Heat game a little bit. And like Marcus was three for 15 and the roles just got a little, little messed up again. And so just getting like the, it's so important for everybody to know their role and to completely buy into it. And I think to everybody, which is small adjustment period, but instead of making Tice be robbed, they're like, Tice is a different player. Let's let, let's, let's play the game according to Tice's strengths, like getting Tice on the short role, you know, Rob didn't really, doesn't really have that in his game. It's pretty much catch it on the short roll and fire a pass. He does not really, he took a tiny amount of pull-up jumpers and not really attacking the the basket off that short roll. But Tyce, he gives you those like 10 to 12 foot pull-up jumpers. They get 15 points today and I feel like that's just an element that Rob doesn't give you. And so I think that's probably the biggest difference in the offense with Tyce versus Rob. Um, and, Ty- and Tys can fire those passes off the shot rolls, but well, I think he makes pretty good decisions off the catch too. Maybe not quite as good as Rob, because I mean like, the Time Lord can make some pretty special passes yeah. in that spot, but um, yeah. yeah, I think everybody just re-solidifying, and, and when Tatum gets blizzed, it gets to, to Jalen. Jalen, I think has kind of figured out that he, he's going to be really, really important because of how much attention that Tatum's getting. Like, it's he should take that kind of personally. People are going to blitz Tatum. I'm going to have this extra space. And man, he's been on fire. So,
1: mm.
2: if that answers your question, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Ty shoots really. the sorry, I mean Ty shoots the three as well. Like we haven't, we don't have a yes. legitimate like you know, um, you know, three point shooting big man. If you don't count at Horford, which I mean you probably will, but yeah, I mean that's an element that Rob doesn't give us at all too. So like further to your point, yeah, it's a, and it's almost like so wild to me that he was here like not that long ago has come back in and it's like been just the most seamless transition. Like I know it's mostly the same team, but it's a different style. It's a different coach. It's a different backroom staff. You know, there's a lot of different new players as well too. And it's like, yep, yeah, no worries. It looks like a bike. Like, and he's riding into like something like almost better than he did did before. Yeah. But I think it's just a better team overall too. So yeah, I echo that about ties for sure.
2: Yeah. And like, it feels like years ago, but the bubble season was, Literally two years ago, yeah, um, and he was our starting center for an Eastern Conference Finals run all the way through. Um, and so I think, honestly, probably the most underrated move of the deadline for several reasons. One, he's just good. But when you've got Horford, who's a bit older, and Rob with the injury history, such a good insurance policy. Like it cannot be overstated mm-hmm. how valuable that is. You're seeing it now.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was it was debated when Brad made the trade. Um, to bring in you know, ties and like the contract was, I know we, oh. we had Danger Card on the pod and like him and I were debating whether or not it was like a a viable contract going forward. And you know, I don't want to say Danger Danger Card, Card was...
2: wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say sure. If Danger Card's always like, fuck, worst deal, books are cooked.
0: Yeah. But an essential <laughs> part of Celtic's law for all of us like consumers of content, because I don't know about you guys, but I tend to fly really high on all the, the good news and intend to ignore the, the bad news. And so to have a guy like him oh, to sort of bring me down, it's it's essential. Um, I, I've got to read a, a, a post-game comment here, a post-bulls game comment from user Let's Basketball. They say, I live in Chicago, so I'm watching the local version. Before the game, Kendall Gill and their host were agreeing that the Celtics are their best possible first-round matchup. After the game, Gill was hanging his head low and saying, damn, and they don't even have Robert Williams. The game crew was also so uh, ejaculatory of every Celtic and the way (laughs) they were playing all game. It was so nice to hear. And eventually, I became ejaculatory too. Great win. Great comment. Thank you, Let's ball. So (laughs) so much quality info there.
2: What a rollercoaster. (laughs) I'm very happy for Let's Ball, whatever that
1: was. Wonderful. Um, While we're on that topic of the playoffs, Jake let's consider the teams that we can play obviously we know we can't play you know anyone in the four to one so we're looking at the guys below us and the playing games I would like to know from you who your ideal playoff scenario matchup is ideal you can interpret that however you want I would say probably the easiest game or the one that you want the most who is the one that you want to avoid and if it's not your ideal matchup who do you think the best matchup would be that you would like to see just personally it is such
2: a like just before I came on, I was kind of running through just the, the the schedules of the teams and who can move. Like I thought the Hawks were out of it, but they could easily eclipse the Cavs, same as the Nets. And then all of a sudden, that they're an option as well. The Cavs are by far and away the best option.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it's it's not close, um, and that's purely not 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 their fault at all. Like they've just been absolutely decimated by injuries. But it's basically just Garland and. Um, Kind of me now. Mobley, yeah, like Mowgli, I don't think he's going to be back. I think Allen, is he? I don't think he's back yet. He might be back for the playoffs, but and I just think from the Celtic side, that's just a player that they're going to have a really easy time slowing down. Like Marcus is going to have a field day with, with Garland in a playoff series. Then it's the Bulls. Then it's the team we saw today. And I had the same experience as that. That uh, comment I was listening to, locked on NBA, there's a the locked on Bulls guy last week. Was like, yep, we want the Celtics today. Same exact reaction. He's like, no,
0: ejaculatory. <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> yeah, real, 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 uh, <laughs> real bad news for the Bulls. So it's Cavs, Bulls. Like, I analytically, I think the Nets are who I want, but just the law, the lore. Of Kevin Durant is so scary, but I actually think the Raptors are a better team than the Nets. So I think, like, my heart's telling me I want the Raptors, but my head's telling me that I want the Nets. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and the Hawks, I don't know, somewhere in the somewhere in the middle there. But um, that's kind of my hierarchy.
1: Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Ben, what would what would you say? Sorry to jump in there.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I I pretty much agree with Jake. Like, it's not easy, and I think. You know, that's why we're talking about it, and I-, I wish we had like a solid answer for listeners. But you know, matchup wise, it's obviously the Bulls, right? We saw it today. It's the best case scenario. Um, you know, you can go at Vucevic in the paint. They they don't yeah. have Lonzo Ball. Uh, it's the consensus preferred matchup, aside from maybe the Cavs, if we can if we can land that. And looking at the Nets and the Raptors. I honestly can't say who the better matchup is. Like if you if you pull all of their players and put them into a combined list titled Most Likely to Go God Mode in a playoff series, the Nets have the the top two players on that list. But then again, like Jake said, like the Raptors are probably a better team. We can't score against them. Meanwhile, the whole league can score against the Nets, so I feel stupid for saying this and, and Spoonie on the and Joe have shut me down on this podcast before for having this opinion, but I feel like the Nets are like maybe the easier out there. What do you think, Jackson?
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm i with you. Hey, I'm with you. Like for me, yeah. I'll work backwards. Like the best one that I want the most is Brooklyn by far. Um, oh, it can obviously, hey, yeah, for sure, man. It, it could obviously yeah. go wrong because we all know who Kevin Durant is. We all know who Kyrie Irving is. We all know who Paddy Mills is too, even though he doesn't do it in um, anything other than Australian <laughs> jersey. Um, <Yeah. laughs> but I think you dump Gosh, out multiple champions, multiple finals MVPs like Kevin Durant. Obviously they're both won titles, but you do that. The, the pantomime villain that is Kyrie Irving and the pastry with Boston. That's like the ultimate statement scalp win that you could take. Uh. That would just confirm all the hype about this team. Yeah, they're for real. All right, they're going to actually do this. I wouldn't be scared of no one if we dumped the yes. Nets out round one. 100%. That's the one that I want to see the most. I think ideally, though, it's Chicago. We just saw what we did to them today. They've got no momentum. They don't have Lonzo Ball. Um, DeRozan might get you one game the season that he's having on balance, but not even yeah, remotely maybe. worried about them. The one that I want to avoid is Toronto. And the reason being is I think we'll still win that series, but it'll be yeah. a prick of a series. They'll they'll be yeah. in our face and up our ass like the whole time, and it'll just be it'll just won't be a fun experience. But probably biggest thing of all the whole who's vaxxed, who's not vaxxed, is it even a thing, yes. is going to become a narrative and it's going to become annoying and maybe even a bit of a distraction. And I just don't <laughs> want that at all. Yeah. I'm um, yeah, 100% with you on um, the vaxxing.
2: Like, I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to think that maybe we do have one or two guys that aren't. And so, like, just dealing with whatever that looks like is just not fun at all. And, I, and I'm with you. I'm not scared of any of these teams. Like, if we play the Nets... Not worried at all. Um, it, it's kind of similar to last year where um, the Heat beat the Bucks in the bubble. And then coming to the playoffs, the Bucks matched up to the Heat. And everybody, was, like the Heat were kind of this sexy underdog pick. But on paper, there was no reason for anybody to think that the Heat could actually beat the, the Bucs in a series. And the Bucs wiped the floor with them. I think that's kind of how this would go. Like the, the Nets, man, they're... And they're going to have basically started their... They started their playoffs like a week ago. Like, I was having a look there. Kyrie and, and Durant are averaging like 40 minutes a game over the past eight games already. Mm-hmm. With two games to go, plus play-in. Like, they're going to come in tight. Um, You know, Kyrie's in the middle of Ramadan as well. Like, I I just I just think that we'll be able to beat the crap out of them. I loved having Rob because I think that the size that he... And the intimidation that he gave, obviously huge, but... They just are so small. They're so small. I love Patty, but Kyrie, Patty, Dragic, Seth, Claxton, like they're all small and we have so much physicality. Udoka ball. There's no way they can hang. Um, (laughs) Udoka ball. I love it.
0: Yeah, not scared. (laughs) Nice uh, like career milestone as well, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but for Tatum to like knock off Durant and Kyrie in the first round. Um, On the vaccination thing, definitely concerning. There there was a post that uh, was six days ago now on Celtics Reddit by Brodo Baggins. And I'm not going to read out the whole post, but the the title of the post is some vaccination stuff with sources. And the the purpose of the post is to sort of um, discount any concerns about the Celtics being vaccinated. And so I'm just going to read out the summary at the bottom, which is some supporting evidence. So one of them, Jalen and Al indicated that they attended a team dinner in early November when NBA protocols prohibited unvaccinated players from doing so. Uh, Jalen says that the NBA, quote, is doing a really good job getting players vaccinated. Udoka said, of playing in Toronto, all the guys, if healthy, are available to play. Al, when asked of playing in Toronto, said, I'll be ready to play whenever. Al, again, when asked if he would play in Toronto, said, absolutely. (laughs) And Jalen, when asked if uh, if he would be available to play in Toronto, said, I'm excited and ready to play against anybody. Um, that's the the summary, I guess, of like whether or not the team, the full team, would be available. It's pretty wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit wishy-washy, but it's I like didn't hear a lot of yeah certainty. <laughs> if like, if so, we're matching up with so, Toronto, yeah. it's like this is what we this is what we have, like to help yeah. us sleep yeah. at night.
2: Al sounds outside sounded much more likely. Jalen, so he he kind of said the thing about um the players' association and how they're commenting on things like that. But CJ McCollum is the president of the Players Association and, like, has been doing massive PSAs about getting vaccinated and talking about how he is vaccinated. Yeah. So it's not a policy of the Players Association.
1: to out and said it unequivocally.
2: Yeah. The only people that are, like, saying that it's, like, it's a it's a right medical privacy stuff are people that aren't vaccinated. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying that. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to anyway. I'm trying to help people out here. I'm trying to help people out, <laughs> but I, uh, know. You, I mean you're absolutely to have a hold myself. A yeah. Um. Point being, so, yeah. just avoid Toronto in any round of playoffs. <sighs> yeah, hundred well, percent. Well,
2: yeah. So tomorrow is obviously huge because like we play the Bucs, the Sixers play the Raptors. So all came out today, right? He's not able to play. He's not vaccinated. Yeah. I think that matchup for the Sixers is awful. Um. Yeah. So I mean. Obviously, we'd be going for the Raptors regardless anyway. But tomorrow, if the Raptors win that, we'll pretty much lock the Sixers into the four seed, and it would be the 4-5, which would just be so good. I just think that the, the Raptors can't score very well, and the, the Sixers are built to give up points to the Raptors. and say.
0: Yeah, pray. absolutely. Yeah, and it's like a best-case scenario in terms of two difficult Trust. opponents like, cancelling yeah, each other out, exactly. now, which is really good. Yes. A quick break now to talk about our sponsor. The for the Celtics Reddit podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped performance package, the ultimate man's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CRPOD at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's like 8 million balls, give or take. I don't know. As a man well into his 30s, I've got hair popping up in all kinds of weird places. It's almost like a second puberty. Manscaped sent me out a performance package 4.0 and man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball slash body trimmer ever, maybe, definitely in my experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor, but you thought that was good and you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level – the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear trimmer. And believe me, as you as you advance in age, these uh, <laughs> nose and ear trimmers are, are more than necessary. The weed whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary, skin-safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The crop preserver, ball deodorant, and crop reviver ball toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you and your partners potentially as well, hopefully. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxes and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxes to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code CRPOD. That's CR as in Celtics Reddit, pod as in podcast. Support the podcast and more importantly, support yourself. Manscaped.com, discount code CRPOD. Jake, are you concerned at all by what could be an emerging mini slump for Jason Tatum? If you look at his April set so far, three games played, three-point shooting down from 45% in March to 23% in April. He's down to 40% shooting overall. Uh, 69, nice. Uh percent from the free throw line uh which is not nice really if we're being honest um he steals blocks and assists are all up and he still maintains a point differential of plus 14.3 which is close to what it was in march but like those shots just aren't going down in terms of like measuring okay this is where we're at heading into the playoffs. like is this somewhat concerning to you it's so
2: it's the great thing about this Celtics team over the past two months it's been like really hard to find the one thing that's wrong with the team you know, yeah. for a while, it was Derek White couldn't hit any shots. And, yes, yeah, so I had this. I had the same stat. Last five games, he's 18% from three. And, yeah, obviously. And the free throw thing, it's weird. Like, it was, like, the earlier in the season, he's just he's just missing free throws when, when he's obviously a good shooter. Like, a little bit worrying. He's got time to kind of work through it a little bit. But, like, even today, right, was he five for 18? And, I was still I didn't I just wanted him back in the game. He just makes such good decisions with the ball, the defense, the rebounding. Like even if he's missing shots at this point, the team is playing well and scoring and so and he's getting to the basket. Yeah, short answer, yes, I'm worried, but long answer It's fine probably.
0: Yeah, the team's, like, still doing well when he's on the court, which is, like, team does well, team wins, simple, but makes sense. Uh, Jackson, uh, any additions there?
1: Yeah, no, not really. That sums it up nicely. But like, I think, like, Corrales had a tweet, like, when was it? I can't remember when. It was a few months ago. He's like, that was one of Jason Tatum's best games. And, he, like, he shot, like, absolute ass. I can't remember yeah. who it was, but I just remember it was the thing, the fact that, you know, he was finding assists, he was making the right plays and things like that. So, obviously, we're going to need him, particularly right. if it's the Nets in round one. We're going to need, like, that sort of KD equalizer to some degree. <laughs> but, I mean it hasn't been an issue in terms of, like, results so far. Maybe if he hit some shots against the Heat, we scored more than 15 points in the fourth quarter. That would have been different. But, I mean, it's nothing that I'm particularly uh, worried about because he's got more aspects to his game now and there are other guys that can carry the load. And I'm confident he'll get back to what he was like last month.
2: Yeah, and the playoffs, you're going to miss shots. Like, it gets so grimy and, like, just showing that you can be that good when you're shooting that badly is so important. I compare, I compare it to kind of poor George. Poor George was better last playoffs, but historically, like if he has a 5-for-18 game, it's like that was one of the worst games I've seen a human play in my life. It's like what can you do when you're shooting like that badly to impact the game elsewhere? And he can do that at an elite level now. Um, and so even when you're having those kind of games in the playoffs, still being able to grind out wins, like not too worried about it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, like, I wonder how much of an impact Rob being out specifically affects Tatum's shooting, or at least his shot quality, which therefore would affect his shooting, because you think about the spacing that is granted to guys like Tatum with Rob on the court, just with the, like, the pull he has as far as pulling the defense out of whack. Um, There's a, it seems, a small sample size, but there's a direct correlation there with Rob going out and Tatum's, you know, percentages dropping you know, on all fronts. So um, where that does not apply, though, is with Jalen Brown, who has been playing incredibly in the last five games. Jesus. Uh Just a shy under 30 points per game, 57% from three, 56% from the field overall, five free throw attempts per game and five assists per game, which I think in terms of a five-game stretch is like a career high for him. Mm-hmm. Like, does that kind of nullify, Jake, the the worry about Tatum and that like Jalen Brown is just like balling his fucking ass off?
2: This is yeah, that's probably why we haven't noticed. Um, is because Jalen's playing the best he has ever played in the past ten games, I think. Yeah. Like I it's he he had that one game missed with that ankle tweak and then he had that little weird stretch where he was being Jalen, handle was a little off, missing some stuff on defense, and then I
0: think it was checked the out. Kings
2: game. Yeah, a little checked out. I think it was the he played fine in that Warriors game where Steph got hurt. But the next game when they just destroyed the Kings, that is from that game to now he's he's been incredible. And like I had just accepted that Jalen hadn't shown us a new superpower this year. Like you know every year he comes in and it's like mm-hmm. oh so I guess Jalen is now a top fifty player now he's thirty and he just makes these ridiculous leaps. And I just figured okay this is a consolidation here. He's just top thirty again. But then the last ten games he's like oh so I can also do the Harden step back. I think you called it the. Um, on Twitter earlier today, the the brown note, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that the note? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it makes (laughs) opponents shit themselves, essentially.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which I love. And so he can just do that now. He did it again against the Bulls today. And it makes perfect sense. The handle's back. He has the explosiveness of Harden three years ago, where opponents are so scared of his ability to get to the rim. And he's a knockdown shooter. So... Yeah, now that he has that, it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah, Jackson, any thoughts? No, no. I, um, I mean, I think it's.
1: I think it's. <laughs> they they're finally like complementing each other. Do you know what I mean? Like the longest the, the longest argument that's been like can they play with each other? Can and, they make each other better and whatnot? Well, uh, I, I see it, like Jalen Brown's performances this last few games like making Jason Tatum better. You know, in a roundabout way, and I definitely think that Rob's. Rob being out is attributed to that, but, um, but Jalen has stepped up like when he's needed to, and that's been refreshing. And I think like that they're both like, just finally like getting that synergy that we need them to be, that we need them to have rather. Um, So no, nothing to add to that beyond the fact that he's
2: awesome. It's it's fantastic that that's just gone now. Like people would try, we've, Rudy O'Brien and Donovan Mitchell experiencing what, the Jays have experienced for years now, where people are tracking the amount of times that they were passing to each other, and now it's just <laughs> yeah, it's all <sort> of- no, <laughs> nitpicking. Yeah, and now they're just passing exactly. And now they're just passing to everybody all the time, which is just beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Jalen and uh, and Jason they've also been holding it down in in their lineups where you know the other is absent. So. Uh, looking at lineup data over the past five games, filtered by lineups that have played at least fifteen minutes together in that five-game stretch, the lineup with the best net rating is Horford, Grant, Derek, White, Pritchard, and Jalen Brown. And if, if you were wondering, the second best lineup is the starting lineup as it is, with both Jays and, and Tyson Horford and Marcus Smart. But you know the the fact that the net rating is is quite higher with a, a Jalen exclusive lineup just shows like. What well, I guess is uh, going to be essential going into the 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 postseason, where we need one guy to rest while the other guy like kind of holds his yeah. own. And the fact that Jalen is playing at that level now, um, and Tatum shots not going down, but he's sort of commanding the floor on a whole other level. It's uh, yeah. just makes you feel comfortable. I don't know about you guys, but it's like the sort of thing that helps me helps me sleep at night. So it's good good to see. <laughs> it,
2: it's cr- that's actually fantastic because historically the non-Tatum lineups just have have struggled, mm-hmm. even when Jalen's on the court. And, yeah, he's. it's so funny how he levels up like this. It just kind of just all of a sudden he's a he's another tier up in several skills. But I don't know. It's, I know he's a huge meditator, You know, crystals, all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if he went in the in the meditation tank or infrared sauna or whatever it was. <laughs> it's um, Mercury that one and he was Retrograde, in. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's in or out of Retrograde. I'm not sure which one you want to be – retrograding, but it's happening, and yeah, the fact that he's able to carry those lineups, I'm I'm not sure, yeah, and in the playoffs, I think we've kind of seen from Udoka from a minute's perspective, there might be like maximum eight minutes that both of them aren't on the court. I feel like they're going to be averaging 40 minutes easily, probably higher when it gets to the playoffs from what I've seen from Rydoka so far, which I love because I know Tatum can kind of just play unlimited minutes, which is Great. Um, yeah. But yeah, should oh, be too many non-J minutes.
0: Well, I mean, hopefully, but then just to share all the minutes at all times in the playoffs, and just rest <laughs> in the fourth quarter when we're already in Geno time. But uh, well, we'll see. Um, I guess looking at the team more broadly, Jake, like looking down the bench yeah. for the Celtics, and including some of the sort of lesser prominent guys in the starting lineup, who? like Feel free to nominate more than one person here. But who do you see being sure. an X factor in the playoffs?
2: Um yeah, well look, I'm not not a bench guy but but Horford I think I mean I said most underrated trade of the season was Tice. I think the Horford trade might be the best trade of any team that any team made this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, like he basically played the perfect game today. Seventeen points, seven from seven, ten rebounds, I get two assists, zero fouls, Vooch had thirteen points and five of thirteen shooting, like Perfect playoff, Al. Like he he's rounding into form, and he the ability for him to pick up the slack of Rob. Like his shot attempts, I've seen over the past five games, have just gone up a little bit. He's just you know imprinting the game a little bit more than he was before, and I think the fact that he's able to do that, the confidence in his three point shot, like he's he's just now jab stepping him to pull up. Um, he he's ready to go, and I think that his playoff. Not only experience, but how well he plays in the playoffs and played in the playoffs with the Celtics, he's kind of going a little under the radar at the moment. People love talking about Chris Paul and Carl Lowry, but it's important to remember that Al Horford is actually a full year younger than both of those guys. So I'm I'm just so happy with how Horford's playing right now, and very excited by what he's able to bring to us, especially from a matchup perspective. the, The Raptors don't have anyone to deal with without the the Bulls. We saw it today. Like, and then again, he's the Embiid the stopper. Like, he gives you so many elements against so many of these teams. Um, so, yeah, he's, I think, a massive X factor that a lot of people probably aren't going to talk about.
1: Mm. I completely agree about Hallford. For me, I'm going to say Pritchard, though. I think <laughs> um, that lineup that you um, read out earlier, uh, Ben, with the best net rating, I reckon a lot of that's got to do with Peyton Pritchard just being a flamethrower. Like, it's, it's like he just comes in and he gets three threes, like, almost immediately. And, like, straight away, that's, like, you know, nine points that, that you're better off by. So, I think, although, it pains me to say, though, I, I just see I just see him missing a lot more in the playoffs when it does get a bit grumier, when it does get a little bit like more the stakes just get raised a little bit um so that's the pessimistic side of me looking at that but if he does continue to shoot or you know if he maintains what he's doing or gets better at that then that's that second unit that he's a part of where the game really starts to like, the gap seems to go from like comfortable lead to like, you know, Mm -hmm. off into the distance, you are gone. If he can be still that player in those lineups and get us those leads that we know, we now know we're not going to blow or very unlikely to, that's huge. So if his shooting can stay where it is or like not waver too much, we're going to win a lot of games in the playoffs just based on his minutes. I really believe that.
2: Yeah, and... To to quell some of the concerns of your pessimistic self, please do. Um, Yeah, yeah, the Peyton Pritchard Oregon State titles, big state games. I just just think he's so locked in. I just don't think that. I mean, the playoffs, NBA playoffs, are a little different to state titles in Oregon. I get it, but um, I think that his mentality, everything that Jalen said about him, and the trust that Tatum especially seems to have for him, I feel like he's always looking for. Pritchard, as soon as he comes on, I would love to see the stats of who's assisted the most Pritchard threes because I feel like Tatum's got to be up there. Um, He's like when they run that, like pick and pop with with Pritchard out to like 32 feet. Um, Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams or whoever we play in the playoffs are going to be tweeting, like, what the fuck? Peyton Pritchard just hit three threes in four minutes and now we're down 16. Yeah. Mm. We're we're down 0-2 The
0: kid from Uh, American History X just killed us in the playoffs We'll see what is going on (laughs) Um, (laughs) Richard was going to be my X Factor as well I think it's just so good to have Like finally have like the guy Uh, You know how there's always like one player on every team That destroys the Celtics To have that guy that maybe other teams Could feel that way about just feels new Uh, So if I'm having to come up with an X Factor on the spot I'd say Derek White (laughs) First player off the bench who was shooting, like, 18% from everywhere and is now... I haven't got the numbers, but, like, it seems like he's found not only his shot, but, like, more than what his shot was in San Antonio. So, I don't know what's gone into that. But, you know, if he can shoot even, like, 30% from three and 45% from the field, then that's huge, given what he already offers us on the defensive end. Um, I want to rattle off a couple of Reddit posts here, Jake, just to finish up and get your take. So. First one is by user blizzard854, who says, in my opinion, we should rest all starters for the rest of the season and hope for the four seed. And their argument is basically with the four seed, you play the Raptors first and the Heat second. But if you hold second, it's likely the Nets and Bucks, which could be terrible. The other post is by user No Accident 999 who says, I don't think we should rest. <laughs> There's honestly no point in ducking teams yeah. if we're destined to win, we're going to win. So what's your what's your stance on that? It's pretty divisive at the moment.
2: It's so divisive. Everybody's like, rest tomorrow, play the Cougars. It's just—it's impossible to try and figure out what's going to happen because I know the Bucks play on, it, play it back to back against someone that's against the Cavs. I think it is the the next night. So like, they could easily beat us and lose the next game. And so, uh, I mean, I act- I am actually someone who would prefer to play the Bucks than the Heat. I think I don't know what it is. The, the heat seemed to have this voodoo, thing, magic against us. It happened in the bubble. You saw it in that game we played early in the week. I know we were kind of reacclimating to life without Tice. but I don't. You know, I don't know if you guys feel that at all. But there's like this on on paper we shouldn't we shouldn't struggle with the heat. Whereas the other hand, we we've, we've played the Bucks so well go the going all the way back to that. That first, um, yeah, that first rookie season with Tatum, mm-hmm. like, and they got out of the first round with Giannis, like, whatever it is, we play the Bucks really well, and so, and just like losing to the Bucks is so much easier to swallow than losing to the Heat. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm actually in agreement with you I just have a real personal like moral opposition to like resting players in games that like yeah. could like mean something as far as seeding is concerned I think like all things considered you take uh, the one seed's out of play you still want the highest seed possible and I understand having a slightly you know easier run going one direction than the other but I mean yeah. Ideally, yeah, you want the easiest, most straightforward, probably matchup first. And then you want, you know, Rob Williams to come back, you know, healthy and locked in. And then it doesn't matter who you play. So, yeah, sure. The yeah. Positioning to get, you know, a worse seed for a better first round matchup and et cetera, et cetera, is one way to look at it. But nah, like, I think, I think yeah. rest against the, the Grizzlies, regardless of what happens, just because it's by oh. then we're probably going to be locked into a seed either way, depending on how tomorrow goes and the games pre- following that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you play this game see where you land, then make a decision, most likely rest. So, yeah, plan. I
2: I just think the worst thing about the NBA, it's like one of the worst things in sports is back-to-backs. Like, you're just at such an, like, a significant disadvantage. Like, now they got to drive up to Milwaukee tonight or whatever they're doing and and then play a rest Giannis. After. And obviously, they didn't play that many minutes tonight, but you're just at a disadvantage. So, I just think that beating the Bucks on a back-to-back, if they're actually trying, is just such a... And I think Horford's going to rest regardless, which I think is the right move. I think playing it 35, and so without Horford beating the Bucks, I just don't, I just don't know how likely it is. And so I'm, I'm fine with them resting tomorrow, but the Grizzlies game, and then I think that gives you the the flexibility to either push for that last game um, or not. And I, I I can I totally get where you're coming from as far as like not resting and going for it. I I do agree with that. I just think the back to backs are an
0: atrocity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> sure. it's a real motherfucker. I, uh, I, I hope <laughs> there was like a compromise there where we can play like all that guys for the first half and be like, you know what? Not yeah. happening. Now we start our rest and yeah. we rest for like a game and a half. Or, you know, a, apparently yeah. the Grizzlies, by all accounts, are going going to be playing Jar Morant to like ramp him up for the playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And like, is it uh, a ramp up game for Jar Morant? as concerning as a real game for Ja Like, can we still win that game? At a certain point, I think just everyone needs to be rested. And I've read the term knee tendinop- tendinopathy sorry, T- yeah. uh, associated to the Jays too many times in the past couple of weeks. And I am just I just know yeah. that there needs to be rested for those guys to be good for the playoffs. So um, it's divisive for a reason. It's not an easy answer. It's tough.
2: Just, exactly. But at the same time, everything I know about Udoka over this past year, I'm pretty sure that, Everybody besides Hoffman's going to play like 38 minutes, and it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, that'd probably be the most <laughs> likely scenario. He
0: does have Thibodeau vibes in that sense; like he doesn't yeah. doesn't shy away from the the extra minutes. Um,
2: oh, he's a harden the fuck up guy. Yeah. And it's worth. <laughs> I, I, it. so. I love it. I love it about him.
0: Um, it helps that our best players are under 25. I think that fits nicely with his uh, his philosophy there. Jake, uh, we're about to wrap up. Uh, have you got any sort of takes that you're looking forward to firing off that we haven't prompted you for or <laughs> any questions that we you wish we asked you? <laughs> um,
2: You know what? I got most of my notes off here, which is good. Um, we didn't get into Marcus, defensive player of the year stuff, oh, but I what? think – Can
0: we do it? Like, What what's oh, your take? <laughs> I, 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 well,
2: I, I got in at Marcus' 10-1 to 1 odds um, a little while ago, and he's the heavy favorite. And from all of the little podcasts and, and stuff that I've been listening to, Zach Lowe, Simmons, like he's definitely feels like the frontrunner right now. And out of all of the awards that I think that the team is kind of able to win, Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, First Team All-NBA, all that kind of stuff, Defensive Player of the Year for Marcus is by far the award that I want to happen the most just because I think it will just be a perfect culmination of his whole career, stamp him forever as one of the greatest defenders of all time. Um, and I think it has a real shot of having. So, stoked about
0: that. Yeah. Once, like, Vegas start to, like, literally favorite yeah. it, it's kind of, like, they obviously don't want to lose money. So, it's a, it's a pretty good indicator that that's going to be the case. And, yeah, like, as smart stands, like, the we've moved to Slack now for this podcast, but our initial, like, Google Hangouts group <laughs> is called the Build Around yes. Marcus Smart Society. Like, we... We've been hoping for this for a long time. So yes. very validating, very vindicating for for the squad here on the podcast. Um, you, Loved and trusted. Do you think that Rob Williams is maybe going to make like all defense second team or even first team? He,
2: he can make. Yeah, yes, he can. It's it's going to be tough. I was kind of making the list, um, is it, he he will going to get plenty of votes? I think in whether or not he makes it over like Jaron Jackson. Um, or Rudy Gobert or Bam like he hasn't doesn't have that many more games played than Rudy and Bam Mm -hmm. so like he's going to be kind of in competition with those Mm guys but yeah Uh, and Tatum will get some as well and probably honestly Derek White probably gets all defense fights too from what I've been seeing on a few different uh, places but yeah it's great it's great the vibes are good always
0: good you yeah. <laughs> wanted a good time jake it's been great um, yeah all right well look it's certainly going to be interesting to see how the final days of the season play out that is going to do it for this one jake thanks so much for coming on
2: Pleasure! Thank you for
0: having me. So happy to have you, man. Uh, All right, you can hear Jake on the very awesome Backdoor Cut podcast. Available everywhere podcasts can be found. Follow him on Twitter at Jake Eisenberg. Jackson, as always, a tip of the cap to you, sir. Jay and Spoons will be back on Friday. Until then, go Celtics! Peace.